Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the CBC Wisdom Hour number 160 for December 7th, Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. What's up, Tony B coming to you live from New Jersey? Yes, sir. What's happening? Not much. I mean, well, lots of lots of Of course, everything's lots of stuff always happening, but I mean, you know, sure currently at this present second. Well, I'm going to tell people that what's happening is we're live right now. It is a little after 7 Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, if you're watching live, come on in and say hello. Tell us where you're from, and we will acknowledge your presence and existence on this come planet. Come on down. Um, and we are streaming live on the Cover Band Central Facebook page, in the Cover Band Central Facebook group, and on the Cover Band Central YouTube channel which you should subscribe to. We put a link in the description here. Just, just click that link, click subscribe, so you get notified when we go live. And you can check out all the other videos there in the archives. That's a uh, lot of places to find us, T. That's good coverage. A lot of places. And I think that's it for housekeeping. Um, I still, I had some reason, as soon as we go live, I got this uh, fruit fly. The it's the wisdom around. hour fruit fly he joins the you know, <laughs> he's got a name facebook user flying around his name is charles 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 like freddie or frank it should be an f word you're right yeah like freddie the fruit fly. freddie freddie the fruit, Not fruit you, fly. freddie i got a freddie back here too he's i like him he's talking about something else stop he's, he's doing a good job that freddie he is as, as well as freddie the fruit fly who is uh, uh getting an overhead look at the wisdom hour <laughs> like a fly on the wall steve just like in the beatles show except it's a fly in the air so yeah, you flying. uh um so there's a bunch of people coming in make sure you come in and say hi in the comments say hello tell us where you're from hola we will, we will say hi back um so we do have a topic for today again and i'll introduce it in a little bit but first we'll uh, recap other stuff so yeah so you were just telling me before uh, that you watched part one and two of Get Back. So let's hear it. What you got? I did. So not not to take up a lot of time with it, because we talked a lot about it last week. Right. But the, the things that struck me the most were that McCartney is so plugged in to the frequency of creation that he is just channeling all sorts of ideas the entire time. I mean, it's like you said, they're just coming to him rapid fire. You know, he's sitting down. He's just making up Let It Be. You know, like you said, George Harrison comes in from the night before. He's like, I wrote this in my hotel room last night. You know, as soon as McCartney latches on to something, Lennon is in lockstep with him, creating the harmony and coming up with the rhythm guitar part, like, on the spot, you know? so it's Yeah, amazing. without even thinking, like, seriously about it. Like, they're not like, oh, we got to write this song now. They're just goofing around. Well, that's the thing that struck me also is that there's no – urgency like they know they have to get the stuff done but they just show up and then they roll in and then Ringo just hangs out while they talk about stuff and then you know as they just spontaneously create there's no pressure you know evident on them to do this you know they're more concerned like the manager passed away and there's no one guiding them so they're they're not sure if they're approaching it correctly you know but at the same time they're coming up with these unbelievable ideas and they're so in tune with each other from having played so many hours together that like you said they just had this intuition and then the part that struck me too was the the part where you said when george gets up and leaves and in essence quits the band on the spot there and it's due to the fact that mccartney sees the vision of exactly the entire song and then George is putting his parts to it, and then Paul's telling him, "No, don't play that. Play this. You know, go G to F to, to, to you know to D." And he's right. giving him the chords. And he's telling, him, "This is what you should be playing." And you can see George getting frustrated because he's saying, "Like, I want to contribute, and this is what I'm coming up with. Like, I'm not Eric Clapton. I'm not. You know, this is George, and this is what I can offer." And Paul's yeah. telling him in a very polite way. He's not being like condescending to him or anything. He's just telling him it just doesn't work with the structure. But you can see that. You know, McCartney, and he's even telling Ringo, don't play that beat there. Play this, you know, upbeat thing and only do a snare on every other beat, you know, every other measure on the three. And, you know, right. Ringo takes into consideration and they come about it. But McCartney, he just, you know, that, that's the thing that struck me the most. He just has the, he's so plugged in and he's so gifted with, you know, being able to access that creative element that he just comes up with the ideas. And he's done so many songs already that it's just a flow for him at that point. And right. he's trying to direct those guys to say, 
I already had the song done in my head. I can already hear the finished product. This is what you should be playing. And that, I could see why that would be frustrating for any musician in an original band because they want to contribute their creative portion to it. And it's yeah. been sequestered, you know? Yeah. For the greater the, good the, of the song. And they're, they're just kids still at that point. You know, McCartney's like they're 20, in their tw- <laughs> 26, I think, in yeah. there. And I and, think George is even younger than that. He's like 23 or 24. Yeah, they're about they're around the same age, and, and mm-hmm. then Lennon's a couple years older, Ringo's a couple years older, um, but still twenty eight. They're still kids, and yeah, like you said, they lost their managers, so now they're kind of just like kids with one of their parents are gone. You know, but you, but you can see the emotion too, like when George leaves, and then you know they have the first meeting at Ringo's castle, and it doesn't go well, you know, and then they're back again, and they're saying, "Well, I don't know if he's coming back, or I don't know what's going to happen," you know, right. and you see at point. Ringo's laying with his head back and McCartney too. And their eyes are all welling up with tears. You know, you see Ringo wipe his eyes several times, like nonchalantly, like he's not bawling, crying, but they're really emotionally, you know, Lennon is kind of aloof to it. You know I mean? He's, he's concerned, but you can see that McCartney and Ringo are like genuinely really saddened by the fact that they, they may have lost their, their friend and band member, you know? Right. Yeah. Lennon's kind of in Yoko land, you know, he's, Exactly. Like but, it's, it, you know, very cool, though. And, and, and Glenn Johns is there, you know, and, you know, right. with the epic techniques that he used when he recorded Bonham, you know, and you see how they're makeshifting, making a recording studio, you know, in this warehouse, like bringing in, you know, all kinds of mock stuff. And he's the one guy's like soldering wires together. Like there's no right. mixer like in the back of your studio there behind you. You know, there's nothing like that. Right, it's right. A bunch of, it's a bunch of almost they look like jet plane control handles on the board. You know, they're not fading. They're these big yeah. rotating like Frankenstein, like yeah, and these big like high voltage switch, you know? These huge knobs that are like yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But very cool. You know, I haven't seen the third part yet, so I'm looking forward to um, it. it was Ray's very- here. We love Ray. What's up, Ray? What's up, Ray? Thanks for hanging out. Um, anybody else coming in new? Come on in and say hi. Tell us where you're from. We will acknowledge you. And uh, we're just talking about get back right now. We talked about it a little bit last week. And yeah, but just, just the, the uh, whole wrapping, wrapping it because I saw it, but Tony hadn't seen it. But now yeah. Tony has seen part one and two. And when you see part three, where they do the concert, it's it's so exciting to see it because they're playing these songs now as new songs, and right, these are songs that time. we've known now for for yeah. decades. But when you see it, you have this visceral experience of them playing "Get Back" as a new song. And you get to feel what it's like for them, for that song to be new, even though it's it's so old, you know. And that's that's that was part of the joy. Wait, it's, the the biggest joy for me of that is coming in part three, and it's after the rooftop concert. And okay, you'll know what don't I'm, don't tell me. I'm not going to tell you, but you, you'll know immediately what I'm talking about when you see it. Um, but very cool, though. Very, um, you know, a very insightful look into some real geniuses of our, our musical history, you know, creating some epic songs as if they were nothing. There's no pressure. There's not a big labor involved. You know I mean? They basically come up with the verse, the chorus, there's a guy transcribing lyrics as they're just singing stuff out so they can try to piece stuff together. And, you know, he's telling them change this word instead of theirs. It should be, you know, mine or, you know, they're like making subtle differences in what, you know, Jojo was in Tombstone, Arizona, and then he's writing it down and saying, "Okay, well that rhymes," you know. Just really cool how the the whole process, you know. Yeah, it's very free, you know, sort of. Yeah, but but very uh, inspiring too when you see it, you know, to think that like you know these guys are, you know, they're they're just they're all plugged in, you know. I mean, of course they're the Beatles, and like I said, they have thousands of hours of playing together, you know. But it was just, and then for them to play live after not having played so long too must have been really exciting for them. You know? Right. It, it's really, it's a trip, man. I can't wait to see that. Williams in Virginia. Uh, William. Um, and like, I've been in that situation, like where, where George was, I, I, and I didn't, I didn't quit, but I played in a band called Little Sister back in the early uh, or yep. late eighties. And uh, the, the chief songwriter was Janet. She was the singer, uh, the late uh, Janet Rains. Yeah. Rest her and, soul. Uh, and uh, she would come in to rehearsals and we rehearsed a lot. We, you know, like at least like three times a week, two or three times a week we rehearsed. And even if we didn't have a gig, we were still rehearsing and, and, and working on songs, working on new material. That was a big thing for her. Cause this was an all original band. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
and she always wanted to like work on a new songs and then recording, you know, that was a big deal for her. Um, and I'm glad we did because it really taught me how to work in the studio at a young age and uh, also gave me, you know, uh, uh, material that now I still enjoy listening to. Tina's in Florida. What's up, Tina? Thanks for joining us. Tina. Um, but, but she would come in and say, you know, play this bass part in this song, you know, play right. these notes. Right. And, and I felt like, I definitely felt like, wait, I want to put my thing to it, you know, but she was coming up with, she was an excellent musician, a piano player. So she would write on piano and she would write like, you know, sort of inverted chords, you know, the bass is not the root, you know, right, a lot right. of times. And um, so I would have to just kind of sit there and like try to learn what was in her head when she was writing the song. And it, it was it an arduous process. It really was because it was like it was her head, her ideas coming in, her trying to explain it to an entire band, to a keyboard player, guitar player, bass player, drummer, of right. what she wanted to do. So we that that process was it, it was laborious. <laughs> it was but what came out of it was fantastic. And then I did end up really kind of putting my own personality into it um, just because I I am me and I'm going to play the way I play and I'm going to make certain choices, uh, certain creative choices. But for the most part, we we would play songs live just like we recorded it, you know, or as sure. if we were recording. Sure. And that was another advantage of being in the studio. It's It's like you're really refining your your parts and then when you go and play them live you've done it so many times oh, that it's just like it, it's just it, you don't have to think about it so um i still have a lot of that um material on cassette and i've been meaning to transfer it to digital and put it out there because i there's a lot of people that were fans of her and i would love for them to hear that stuff that's never really been re released anywhere so yeah and like you said when i when I was in Eye of the Storm, all original band, we put out three albums worth of material and same right, thing. Right, right. Three nights a week and we were together for 20 years, you know, and it was the same situation where I could, I can't play piano or guitar, you know, or a, 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 a fretted or, or strung instrument. But when we were playing the songs, I wouldn't say per se, I was always the arranger, you know? So I wouldn't mm -hmm. tell the bass player, hey, you should be playing this, this, and this. I would say like, play that part you just played, but then play that other part in, you know, and I would kind of help him create the part based on his own part, but just rearrange what he was already playing to make it work, you know, or, and then figure out the verse in the chorus. So we didn't have like a main songwriter, you know, we would just okay. roll tape and just start jamming. And then right. kind of like the Beatles are doing in the, in the room. Yeah, correct. But we didn't have a show, you know, any pressure on us. We would just have rehearsal and say, okay, we're going to, we're just going to jam because we need material for a new album. And if it took a month or it took six months, it really didn't matter. You know, we were just having fun and we were already gigging our previous material. So as we finished new songs, we would introduce them as, Hey, this is a new song that's coming out, you know, on our new album. And then we would like litmus test it against the audience. But the fun part was that we were writing, you know, in a progressive hard rock vein. So there was no constraint. Like whatever you came up with was what we played. You know, if it was a right. King Crimson part into a Pearl Jam part into a Zeppelin part and it worked and it sounded cool, we, you know, we just went with it. There was no structure to say, hey, it needs to resolve on this note. You know, it was right. just stringing parts together. So it was a lot of fun. And like I said, privileged and blessed to be able to have been a part of that outside of the cover bands that I played and, you know, to be able to create original music, which was still a very exciting time, you know? Right. See, we still talk, even though it's cover band central, we still talk about originals. Though. We do, because but they, back there wouldn't be covers without originals. That's right. But back to covers. So I played Friday night uh, okay. after Last Wisdom at Tin Barn Brewery. 350 people. Nice. Big place. And I have a video. I'll get it uploaded somehow. But I took a drum cam from behind me and they did the tree lighting ceremony and we played Father Christmas by the Kinks, you know? Okay. And at the end of the song, it's probably 15 seconds of stadium like roar applause. Nice. Which was just fantastic. And I got a quick picture here. I'll show you the stage setup as if I can hold it up and you can get a, a glimpse of that. When you're craving church's three piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. Okay, hold it still. 
Well, it's to, yeah, it's a side view, huh? Is it a side view? No, it's straight on, view? straight on here. This is a better picture, maybe like that. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, my, kit looks got, great. Got, got my Christmas. Look at coat. you, man. Look at all snazzy. Got my Christmas coat on. We're all set, man. Got the Christmas lights going. I like it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Really good. Yeah, I definitely want to see some video. Get and the great thing about it was like the band is so energetic, right? And the, and again, I, I'm fortunate again to play with Jimmy, who has played with for 20 years on keyboards. But the, you know, the rest of the guys in the band, the bass player and the guitar player and the rhythm guitar player and the singer, you know, really good people, like you know, good energy. And at the end of the night, as the owner said, he goes, man, he goes, I have 20 bands that play in here. He's like, but for some reason, your guys' energy and our energy of this place somehow melds together where he's like, we don't, we don't have 350 people here ever. You know, in the summertime, we have, you know, two, 300. He's like, but right. not on a Friday night in the middle of winter, you know. So right. it was very exciting. So a lot to be said for that, you know, energy, right? We always talk about that. Sure. Really important. Absolutely. Good people find good people, you know, and. Everyone had a great time. And again, no egos, no pressure, just just fun. Excellent. That's Good a stuff. perfect segue into my yes. week because I got back playing uh, this past week uh, after not playing uh, steadily or playing on Bourbon Street since July. And then because I, I had COVID and, and uh, all that. So I got back and I played Wednesday, Thursday. And Wednesday, I was just feeling the whole night I had a smile on my face. I was feeling so much joy <laughs> of playing with those people. Yeah. And just being on stage again, that feeling of that bass, like I could feel my bass. Yeah. And and at first there was, you know, like really nobody, but we were just we were just four uh four guys on stage. It was a uh, uh just bass drums, guitar and lead vocal. And uh, we just we were people that have known each other for for years and we just had, we were having fun. And before you know it, we packed that room and it was uh, it was a great night. We played six sets on Wednesday, which is four and a half hours of of music. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be. And it's crazy corner. It's like I've played crazy corner more than I played anywhere in yeah, my life. Your old haunt. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. So it's so comfortable to just go back on that stage. It feels like home. And uh, and Thursday was great too. It wasn't as busy because th there was a Saints home game Thursday night, so there were people, and they were playing the Cowboys, and uh, so a lot of people from Dallas were came into town the night before, yeah, and were hanging out. So we had a lot of you know Cowboy fans in in the crowd, which was fine. They were all really cool, and uh, but then you know Thursday they were actually at the game. It got crowded later once we were done, but we still had a good night. We still had a good amount of people there and had a lot of fun. The only thing was I, my body on Thursday, dude, when I was so freaking sore. Yeah. Cause you haven't, been, you haven't done it. Ah, yeah. Like in muscles I'm using on stage that I'm not, I hadn't used in a while. <laughs> so I might, sure. I was feeling it on Thursday and then feeling it a little more on Friday. Uh, but Did you I'm cramp really, up at all or have any issues while you're no. playing? Just, just tired. Right. I yeah, mean, not even, and not you know, not while I was playing. While I was playing, I was fine. I was loaded with energy. I was feeling like uh, I was just feeling a lot of joy. Um, and nice. Uh, I didn't. I barely had to practice. You know, I barely practiced before I went back, and I I just fell right in. My hands just know what to do, and I, my calluses memory, have yeah. been my calluses are so built up now over the years that it's never going back to normal. Right. Um. So yeah. So uh, I'm happy to, and we're playing, I'm playing again tomorrow and Thursday and then Saturday as well. I have to drive through three hours West of here. Same band. Right. Um, uh, uh, the guy three, who's three hours away, three hours away. Yeah. Wow. You guys sleeping over or are you driving back? I'm not sure yet. I, I think we're getting a place. That's gotcha. what, uh, that's what was uh, being attempted anyway. Um, um, but you know, it's cool. It's Christmas time. Love being out. Yeah, no, no doubt. As does John from San Francisco. He says, greetings. Hey, John, greetings. I don't know where your picture is. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, it's right there. Looking good, buddy. Um, so yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm happy to be playing again and I'll be playing more as we go. Um, but, uh, so should we get to our topic? Let's get to the topic, Steve. Yeah, we're 22 minutes in. Let's start talking about the topic.
Okay. So um, sometimes I come up with a question and I post it in the group. Yeah. Other times, other people come up with good questions. And I saw one when I first got up today. I saw one that was posted. And I was like, this is a great one for Wisdom Hour tonight. So uh, we're going to. Uh, which I have no idea what you're about to tell me either. I know. Which is very exciting. There's so much suspense. Love living in suspense. Should I get put a countdown up? No. No. Um, <laughs> um, so we we can chime in as as we go. I guess we don't have to give our answers. There's a lot of responses there. I have not, as always, I have not looked through them. So we're going to all see them together. For the right? first time. For the first time. But this is good, inspiring stuff, I think. Cool. Hopefully we have some inspiring answers. So this is the question. What's one piece of advice you'd give your younger self starting out in music? And this is from Christina Brisson, who is the number one contributor in the Cover Band Central Facebook group. She is. Uh, See, I, she eased, is, I eased into it so I didn't hurt your ears. Yes, yes, it's very um, And she says her aunt, she answers it as well. And she says, I tell myself not to take so long away from it to tend to other aspects of life. I could have done both without music. I'm not completely myself and it feels it feeds and sustains me like almost nothing else. And uh, I'd say like, I'm really happy that I never did that. I never went, I've never gone away from it. Right. I've, I've, you know, there, there have been ebbs and flows, but I, I've, I have not uh, ever left it. So likewise, I've never not played. Right. So that's the advice she would give her younger self, but let's see what other members had to say. And Phil Rucci comes right off the bat and says, practice, practice, practice. Mm -hmm. So he would tell his younger self, practice more. Okay. And I would not tell my younger self that because I practiced a lot. Sure. <laughs> and never too late to start practicing excessively. Right. Yes. But I, that's not advice I would give my younger self because my younger self already knew that. So now. But you're not his younger self. So no, I'm not his. I'm my. Exactly. Yours. But but Vern Green says two things, actually. Do do the things that you do not want to do. He says, I lived in Southern California, but did not ever want to go into Hollywood. But that is where the work was. Mm. And number two is focus a lot more on singing. A singing bass player is worth a lot more than a bass player that sings. That is damn true there, Vern. Um, I, I get more work because I can sing than I would if I couldn't sing. Um, no and doubt. I, and I'm still, I still would say I'm a bass player that sings. I'm a, uh, not I don't a know. singer that plays bass. He's he's saying a singing bass player, right, 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 right. Yeah, um, but I'm yeah, I'm primarily a bass player that sings. But I'm still a singing bass player when I'm singing and playing. Yes, bass. you are. You certainly are. <laughs> Unless you're not playing bass at the time when you're singing, then you just be a singer. Right, but that's that doesn't usually happen. Right. Um, all right. Albert Nobles says practice more and learn theory sooner. Also not something I would tell my younger self because I did learn theory early. Yeah. Uh, Frank Greco says don't waste time on Facebook and pay the rent. So, <laughs> so his good younger advice, Good advice for anybody right there. <laughs> so his younger self didn't pay the rent is what he's saying? Yeah, and he should definitely didn't stay off Facebook either. So two good things. I, I'm now he's practicing that. I'm going to guess then when, when Frank was a younger self first starting out that there wasn't such a thing as Facebook. Then he wouldn't tell his younger self that, Steve. You're assuming things. This is his answer. So let's just keep going. It doesn't say how much younger self, too. Correct. So, well, right. it says younger self starting out in music. So perhaps he started out a little later in life in music. Potentially. Yes. Larry Ferguson, don't play in a cover band more than a couple of years. What? You're saying that a cover band central? Well, listen, I can relate to that because when we were, when I was in Eye of the Storm and we were all original and we played for a long time, you know, the scene had changed, right? It used to, you know, how Jersey was. It would be like covers heavy for two, three, four years. And all of a sudden, the original scene would be heavy for two, three, four years. Then it would flip back to cover, you know? So right. we got right on the, the cusp of the first wave and rode that for three or four years, you know, with great success. And then all of a sudden, you know, clubs weren't you know, original music wasn't such a thing anymore. 
So we actually made an alter ego band of the same members called Mr. Personality. And we did all covers, but we did all heavy covers, White Zombie, Soundgarden, Nine Inch Nails, a lot of industrial stuff, you know, sequencers. And we played to a click and it was a ton of fun. But right. I can relate to what he's saying because after about two years of doing that, I can remember the guys being like, oh, we don't want to do this anymore. We want to go back to writing originals, you know, like we sense that it's going to change again. But we're just, you know, it was a nice little break, but everyone missed writing, you know, our own music. Yeah, it all depends what you fancy. Correct. I but I think you got to uh, supplement both, right? Because if you're creatively engaged in something original, it's going to spill over into your cover band, you know? Right. But Larry's saying, don't play in a cover band for more than a couple of years. Don't make it your full-time job. Move to a major music slash entertainment city. But see, I moved to a major music slash entertainment city and made it my full-time job. So he's sure. telling me. Depends on your goals. You know, if he doesn't, maybe right. he wanted to pursue originals, you know? Right. He's saying, yeah, he's saying concentrate on songwriting and making insider connections. Don't spend a fortune on gear. Get the minimum you need to do the job. Spend the money to get the best people, players and engineers, and keep making demos. Concentrate more on singing than playing. People take notice of great singers and harmonies more than anything. So he would tell his younger self a lot of things. Yeah, it's good. I mean, he's learned a lot in, in his career, you know? To be able to reflect on that. Right. Glenn Edder says, yep. Glenn Edder said, pick up vocal harmony sooner. That's what makes you stand out from the rest. It's true. You got to sing. 100%, man. Bands bands with good vocals and harmonies definitely stand out from bands without. Even if the band without is is more talented, you know, musically. Right. Right. And other people chimed in on agreeing with Glenn. Mm Mm-hmm. Brian Cunningham says, practice a lot more. Don't be afraid to audition. Play with more people. Play with people better than you. That's great advice. Yes, that is great advice. That's something that I've done throughout my career as well. Not even on purpose. I didn't didn't seek, really consciously seek it out. I just ended up with people that were better than me or or that I considered better than me. Right. um, and other people have chimed in on that conversation as well. Uh, Pedro Miguel says, spend more time practicing and less time procrastinating. And that one is still valid, according to him. Yes, I think it's a lot valid for a lot of people, you know? Yes. Ramon J. Max says, learn as much as you can, grow some balls, and stop focusing on lame jobs. Rather, work on realizing your dream. Yeah, good advice so, for anybody right there. Yeah, so think big. And know that you can achieve magnificent things. Yeah, jump in with both feet. He's saying don't just dabble. Right. Uh, 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 So Ben said uh, to Christina, he said, I'd have the same advice for me. I was living in the city with great live music scene, and I put it all down to focus on grad school. Didn't pick it back up again for years. I still shake my head at young 20-something me at that decision. Yeah. Hey, listen, you can't go backwards. You can only move forward from where you are today, right? So take that inspiration and knowledge and apply it today. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can, you know, think about it. Even if I hadn't played an instrument in 10 years, but I used to be really good at it. If you really committed yourself to a solid year of practice, mm-hmm. you would, you would be, you'd have blazing chops and you would be, you know, better than you were then. It's just that commitment of time. And you could be 50 years old and do that. You know, it doesn't matter. Within a couple of years, you can be at the top of your game. It's not like it's going to take you 20 years to figure it out. You know, even if you, uh, you know, I can remember teaching drums and I had a woman come in and she was probably in her mid to late 50s and she wanted to learn how to play drums, never played drums before. And she wanted to play Enter Sandman by Metallica. And that was her goal. And after two years, she realized that goal. And we recorded it at the lesson and she played it and she was, a, she's a drummer, you know? So it's never too late to start, you know, she, she had the talent and she, she dedicated to practicing and within two years time from never picking up sticks, she's able to play Enter Sandman, which isn't the most technically difficult song, but timing wise, you know, it's got a lot of elements in it and, and it was, it was a dream of hers and she achieved it. So you're never too, never too late to, to start doing something you love, you know? You got to want it bad enough and it has to be yeah. non-negotiable, non-negotiable. Right. I am going to get this thing or do this thing or achieve this thing or yeah. have this experience. It has to be like, nothing's going to stop me. 
But it's discipline um, too, Stephen. Musicians aren't usually the most sure. disciplined group. Sure, but some can be very, very disciplined. Hundred percent, absolutely. Justin Canner said he would uh, tell his younger self to take lessons, and uh, John Tinloy said he would learn vocal survival technique early on. <laughs> no, survival. it's funny. I heard Eddie Vedder on an interview today on Sirius XM it was a little blurb, and he said that they asked him, "How do you prepare to sing?" In when you go to countries where it's like 110 degrees when you're on stage, 105 degrees on stage, you know, and his answer, legit answer that he gave that someone else turned him on to was he rides an exercise bike in the sauna for an hour and sings the set Ugh. while while riding a exercise bike in a sauna. Ugh. And the one guy wrote back, he said, you must have a really big sauna to be able to ride your bicycle around in it. So he didn't realize it was like a stationary bike. But yeah, he said, cycle, you know, because you're on stage, your adrenaline's up and you're, you're running around, you're pumped up. You're not sitting in a chair, just spelting out tunes, you know, and you're sweating. And he said, you're breathing in all that hot sauna air. But he said, after doing that, then when they, by the time the tour came and they got to those locations, he was 100% like, no problem. Didn't, it wasn't fatigued, didn't phase him in the least bit because he had prepared for it. There you Pretty go. That's, that's funny. I heard uh, a replay of Eddie Vedder interview on Howard Stern yesterday, and it was uh, it was like three hours. He didn't talk about the sauna bicycle, uh, <laughs> right. but he talked about a lot of things. It, it was interesting. Um, cool cat. Yeah. Brian Taylor said, my dad said, just play. Don't worry about money or fame. Don't care if you're in a wiener suit at the mall. Just play. Good advice. It is, man. Play whenever you can. Um. Um, uh, yeah, Donna says, uh, she, I guess one should never think that they're the best at truly anything. Always room to grow. Neil Peart took lessons much, yeah. much, much later in his career. Always yeah. grow, always evolve. And that's something, yeah. If you ever get a chance, even if you've been playing for decades to study with somebody that you admire, yeah. um, you don't have to look at it as taking lessons, but it kind of is. But I always looked at it as I want to study with this person and, you know, get some of their knowledge. Um, yeah, and when Neil studied with Freddie Gruber, he evolved and it changed him stylistically as well. You know, he thought and played differently than he did prior to studying with with Freddie. Right. Jay says, uh, "Be more diligent in practicing improv skills in more styles in all the keys." That goes for drummers too, in yeah. every key. Well, no, practice. I would say with drummers, practice to a click, you know, and, and then, you know, play right. straight stuff and then practice improvising over a click so you get your time uh, rooted so it's internal, you know, so that you can stretch out and do what you want, but still keep everybody together. Right. Notice that too and get back. No click, no metronome. Right. No, nothing. No. And they were, they would like kind of screw up just getting back to get back for a second. They, they would kind of screw up some, like the, some harmonies weren't necessarily dead on all the time or the word was like kind of mumbled or something but they right. just like they just left it like, like yeah right that's, that's good. move on it's great it sounds good you know what i mean that's good and it's interesting they would do a couple of takes like you said live you know and right. listen back and be like yeah that was pretty good we don't need to do it again that's that's fine you know yeah. but what i thought was cool too is that like whenever like mccartney sings or lennon sings like that's their voice. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the way that it is. Like McCartney's right. range, you know, and how he has that high raspy stuff that he can go low. And he's just, that's just, you know, when they're fooling around, none of them are singing off key or flat. You know what I mean? Like they're all spot on. Like you said, right. these might get jumbled, but you know, vocally they sound the same all the time. There's a consistency is what I was very impressed by that too. There's very consistent all the time. Yeah. There's a part, and it's it's in the beginning of three where McCartney and Lennon are they're singing like this with their teeth clenched to the whole song, and they're, they're they're doing a harmony the whole song, and they're just looking yeah. at each other and smiling. It's it's funny. Yeah, that was the, they the, definitely the thing that struck me too was they enjoyed each other's company and they had a lot of fun. Those and they two, were, yeah, they were very respectful of each other too. All of them, yeah, were, you know, they had, they, they admired each yelling. other. Yeah, they did. They did. They knew. They knew what they had was special. You can see that. All right, back to the telling your younger self things. Um, uh, all right, so I read that already. Um, Marianne said, join a band and get out playing. Now, while you're young, don't wait. That's what she would have told her young yep. Marianne self. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey said, pra to practice harder and dive into jazz much sooner than I did. Um, 
yeah, you could learn a lot from from jazz um, because you don't necessarily it's 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 a little bit more free form. You can kind of get outside of music theory a little bit and uh, put more dissonant stuff in there that necessarily wouldn't work in in a yeah. And as a drummer, you, you're going to play completely different than you would in a rock band. You know, a thousand right. times so, different. They're complete opposites. Yeah, I had a class when I went to college. Uh, um, just called it, it was called jazz improvis improvisation and it was just a bunch of dudes getting into one room and just jamming that was that was the entire class so some days there'd be like 10 people there sometimes there'd be three people there uh, yeah. but it was like there was no structure to it whatsoever it was just get in so you know you plug in and just start playing whatever jazz odyssey yes um Okay, uh, Dan Fowler would tell his younger self to buy more guitars. Yeah, before life takes over, you don't have the, the funds anymore, right? When you have more important things to spend money on, right? When you're young, spend it up. Buy as much stuff as you can. Or that you would have all these assets that you can sell in case you're... Yeah, okay. if, you're that, if you're so inclined. Yeah. Dennis R Rivera, he said, I would tell myself, don't waste 20 years being a punk rock band. Hmm. I guess he had a bad experience in a punk rock band. I guess. I don't think it's a waste of time to do anything for 20 years as, as long as you enjoyed it while you were doing it. Maybe he didn't enjoy it. That's why. Maybe not. But he, he definitely gained some experience from it. There's, In other words, there's something positive that he could take away from that experience if you look for it. Agreed. Okay. Uh, Darren Jones says play because it's therapy. Uh, and can True. be a best friend don't do it for anyone else right yeah begin the day with a friendly voice nice sneaking in a rush lyric yeah that's what it's all about though you know if it's your friend music mm -hmm. is your friend you know it's not it's a place you go to like you said like it's a therapeutic you know uh quiet you know peaceful zone that you're you know in in your blissful state you know no matter what yeah, agreed. John Silveira, Silveira, mm -hmm. he said, "Learn keyboard." He would have told his younger self to do that, and I I agree with that. And that's another thing we're going to keep referring to the Beatles thing because it's just it's just so amazing. But the way the fact that that they all can play multiple instruments yeah. is cool. And, you know, cool. and because they're, they're coming, they're treating it as a job and they're coming in there and, you know, show up 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning. They're there until six, seven o'clock in the evening. And a lot of that day is just, there's nothing really happening. So, you know, John will just get back and sit. If Ringo's not behind the kit, he'll just get sit, sit back the kit and just start jamming yeah, or, yeah. you know, or, or John will pick up a bass, um, yeah, or I mean, John or or Paul will get behind the kit and start jamming a groove with John, right? And Ringo's noodling on the piano, you know, and well, there's yeah, the piano. Yeah, that's, yeah. I love the fact that they all play multiple instruments. That that's really fun, and you kind of learn that. And if you're in ever in that environment where you're day in and day out with the same people in the same place, and there's all these instruments here, that's what you're gonna do. You're just gonna goof around and like, oh, let me pick up this guitar and just see if I can noodle with it. And if you do that for years, you're gonna get good at that instrument, right? And if you're amongst like all these talented geniuses that know how all the structures of songs work and what keys work, how, and, you know, to resolve and they can kind of guide you. You could, you know, like you said, when you have some downtime, you could be sitting on a piano and, and teaching yourself and asking them questions and then practicing those things, you know? And it's, it's, you know, it's funny because I think when you're young and you, you're like, let's say you're a drummer, you know, you're so focused on, learning the technique and proper sticking. And there's so much practice to go into developing how the stick works and reacts, you know, to build your chops up and stuff that it's almost like you wish you had learned keyboard, but at the same time, at that point in life, you say to yourself, Hmm, do I really want to spend, you know, an hour or two a week working on trying to learn an instrument that I don't, I don't know anything about as opposed to putting those hours into my craft and getting that much better at what I do. So I think right. that that prohibits people too, because they think like, you know, if you're limited on time different, if like you said, you have a, you know, 
all the time and luxury to, to work on stuff. That's great. But if you have limited time to practice, you know, do I practice keyboard or do I practice drums? And I'm already a drummer, you know? So you're going to say, mm, I only have an hour this week to practice or two hours. I'm going to dedicate to what I do. And then right. the years go by and then it's like, I really wish I had to, you know, put some time into it. Right. It's those people that say, you know what, I'm going to find an extra hour somewhere to learn that instrument, you know, and right. I'm going to figure it out on top of what I'm doing, you know? Right. Um, Paul Smith Jr. might have the, the comment of the day. I wouldn't tell my younger self anything. I wouldn't want to ruin the journey to where I am or where I'm going. Bravo. Right. Living in the present. See, Steve? Craig Gill said, hey, Steve. Hey, Craig. What's up, Craig? Tony's here as well. Uh, yeah, and Donna said, I definitely would tell my younger self to buy that kit and bang away. However, no time like the present, and I'm doing it now. Loving it. Excellent. She's multitasking. Doing it now and listening to watching the yeah. Central Wisdom Act. And loving it. She's got three things going on. Very props to Donna. Um, all right. So let's get back to the Facebook. Um, Jimmy Sparks also said Le piano lessons. He would not only noodle on it, he would take lessons, mm -hmm. which I never did. I, I, I took a piano class in college and I learned... I learned fingering really kind of and, and chord structure. Um, but most of my, my keyboard piano knowledge is self-taught. Yeah. Um, Bob Shoesmith says, you never know when it'll be your last gig. So take a moment, take in everyone. Yeah. Take a moment to yourself and appreciate, have some gratitude for each one. Don't let them fly by without acknowledging that basically is what he's saying. Nate wall says, You've been having a blast playing for the last decade in 45 years from now. Don't take the next 35 years off this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. A very direct message to a younger Nate Wall. Uh-huh. Who's back playing now, though, so that's all that matters. That's right. Um, Vince Zima says, warm your fretting hand up before playing and be mindful of overdoing it. Or you'll go, you're going to eventually pay the price with carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh-oh. Mm. So that's a good advice, I guess, for younger players, too, that if if you're playing guitar a lot, to warm your fretting hand up. Yeah, warm it warm up. Warm up. Warming up is definitely yeah, uh, important jump in. for any uh, physical activity. Yeah. Elizabeth Ross said, play bass. I only played guitar for years. She said, practice more, learn theory, start a band sooner. She said, I didn't start playing out until my 20s as soloist, 20 plus more years before I started a band. Try to write something, write something every day. She says, I need to still take this advice. I don't make much time for it. And also believe in yourself, be fearless. Because she had some confidence issues for years, so... Good on you, Elizabeth. Yeah, fear, she's, fear's just she's an a, illusion, Steve, like you know. She's a music teacher in Florida. Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind. So good for you, Elizabeth. Excellent. Um, yes, fear is an illusion. It's a lie. It's not true. Uh, head wig. <laughs> uh, said, I tell myself that no, that no one around here wants to hear us play Leo by failure, so don't put all this effort into it. <laughs> that's from Hedwig. Not Wig Head, Hedwig. And that's not Hedwig from uh, Harry Potter. Is that what Hedwig was? I don't know. No, that was Hedge. Uh, I don't even know. No idea. Uh, Mike Hart said, learn to sing. Don't pass up Lisa's Fuller's offer for singing lessons. Oh, a little plug for... There you go. Somebody who's a vocal teacher here. Okay. And, yeah. He should have put a link there if he really wanted to blog it. But next time. Mike Folk, I like that name, said, learn bass and sax. Practice, practice, and practice. Skated by because I had strong voice, wasted too much time acting like a pop star jerk off. Took being in shape way too lightly, would have paid more attention to diet and exercise, would have drank less and smoked less weed. Although this was common practice at the time, paid more attention to the business end. So again, another person that has a lot of advice for his younger self. But sounds like he had a pretty good time. 
It does. <laughs> you know, he so was maybe, drunk. And- maybe if you heeded that advice, you wouldn't have had such <laughs> a colorful uh, experience as a young musician. Right. He was just partying his ass right? off. Yeah. And having a good time. So, yeah. And listen, the good news is he can do all those things now, right? Okay. Smoke less weed, don't drink, get in shape, eat good. Yeah. You know, enjoy yourself. It's like never the Jersey too, never guy. Too late, man. Never too late. That's right. Nick Beatles, not Beatles, but Beatles. Okay. Said, uh, I took 15 years off from playing music and wished I wouldn't have. So feel you on that. My music path has kind of pivoted into a tech role. I still play out, but I've had some super awesome experiences as, as a stagehand and audio tech. Oh, my goodness. I feel that if I would have gotten into that younger in life, I could have had even more and better experiences. So I would tell my younger self to go all in on that. I almost okay. went to college for sound engineering, but decided to go for accounting instead. Now I'm learning to be an engineer at 40. I'm going to finish my accounting degree. Good. Well, Nick, you know what? You're still yeah. young. Yeah, you're not 40. even halfway through life. You know, you're 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 fine. You got plenty of time. And he's Rock. still the youngest he's ever going to be. So that's right. I like how Christina, who wrote this again, she is the single most active yep. person in the cover band center group. She came up with this post, and she is also uh, participating in people's comments and responding and engaging. So. She's a, she's, a, she's a rock star in, in the yeah, group. she sure is. Uh, Thomas Fajeld says, you love guitar, learn to sing and play keys. So it sounds like a lot of these all have a common thread where people wish they had practiced more, wish they had done something in addition to the instrument that they're, they, they mainly play, right? Their main instrument, wish they had done a, another instrument of sorts or learned something or learned how to sing or took someone's advice to take singing lessons, you know, and it, it's all great advice, but like you said, you know, it would have, it would have potentially put them on a different path than they are now. Good, bad, or indifferent. Right. But it's never too late to do these things. Right. Cause like you said, within a couple of years time, you can be proficient at almost anything. If you really put your, you know, your mind to it. Right. So, you know, that would be my advice to, to everyone's current and present self, you know, Take some of the things that you wish that you had done and, and pick out the things that you really wish you had, you know, let's say you pick five or six things. I wish I had done these, this, 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 but pick one of those that you're really passionate about and have maybe some regret that you didn't pursue and right. and start now, start you know, now. it's going to be five years from now in the blink of an eye. You know what I mean? So like you said, right. procrastinate and, and, and be status quo or move forward every day and grow as a person, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Craig isn't really saying he was telling his younger self this, but he's saying the music business really is a people business, not so much a who you know, but more of who knows you. The best gigs go to individuals who are good musicians, not necessarily great, but who are a great hang. Just good people. Yeah, be cool to everybody. We, we Tony and I talk about this all the time, and uh, it's definitely uh, some of the most. Right. You may be vying for a gig with another guy who's a little more talented than you, sings, maybe you don't, or has a better voice than you do, but he's a dick and you're cool. The band's going to probably pick you. Yeah. Can you get the job done? Right. Unless the, you know, listen, like people find like people, right? True. If you're a dick, you'll find a band with a bunch of dicks in it. (laughs) Really? Probably won't won't last too long. Right. And if you're a good person, you're going to find band with good people in it. Right. Um, but remember, Lee, Steve, you can still be a good person and be in a band with this one or two dicks, maybe only one dick. Yes, Never I can tell. Me too. Lee Wilkerson said, uh, drugs later in your career <laughs> and not yeah. early in that career. might have spoiled the fun early on, though, for him, too. You know, true. Uh, Rick Anderson uh, gives a cautionary. Uh, advice to his younger self be careful of people who call themselves friends who may stab you in the back later um mc o'brien skip the budget divisions of popular bands squire epiphone sigma etc and go straight for the real thing well you know some squires are really good guitars yeah some epiphones are really good guitars so that's not necessarily you know remember guitar it's the Indian, not the arrow. 
Wow. Okay. I never heard that one before, but I guess. Sure. It. What that means is like a skilled Indian, you know, with a bow and an arrow can shoot a crooked stick straight sure. and hit the bullseye. And an inexperienced bowman or someone who's not as talented can have the best equipment with the straightest arrows and still not hit the target, you know? So if you're talented, you can make anything sound good. Agreed. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> it's the Indian, not the arrow. Steve Lockridge says, believe in yourself and give it 100%. Then you have a chance to make it to the big time. Doubting yourself is a career killer. That's certainly true. Sure you is. definitely need, need to have confidence. It takes a lot of balls to, to do what we do. Glenn went right for the, the, the Beatles. Never date a girl named Yoko. <laughs> but that was a joke because he did, his younger self did not date a, date a girl named Yoko, I'm guessing. Right. Maybe he did. You never know. Maybe there's another Yoko out there. Well, I'm sure there's many Yokos. But maybe he dated one. You don't know. I think he was going for the joke. Maybe he should elaborate on that, I think. But okay. Uh, this guy, Roland, would want to tell his younger self stuff that he knows is going to happen in the future. <laughs> he says sing because you're gonna get in an automobile wreck when you're 29 and crush your vocal cords to the point of never having never being able to sing again and have oh. to depend on others for your success that is horrible roland uh feel for you yeah um but that's that's the way he would want to go tell his well if he knew that if he could go back and tell his former self, then he could tell his he former would say, self. Right, don't drive that day. Don't get, yeah, don't get in the car, right, or or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Correct, but make it make a different turn. Hey, but persevere, Roland. Right, I mean, life goes on. Right, we got to navigate, figure it out. Right. Uh, 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 Nick Brent said, "Simply learn to count." What's the one piece of advice? <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good advice. Uh, Mark Gregg just said, I would say you did good son. Okay. Um, so he would give his younger self some, some reassurance, some encouragement. Tell me did a good job. Yes. Lawrence says, be nicer to people. So I guess Lawrence wasn't nice to people before. Hopefully he's nice now. Yeah. Uh, Ron said, enjoy the moments. Things will never be perfect. And it all goes by. Indeed, it does. Yeah, a lot. I think that's a common thing that uh, older people would tell their younger self that you know it's it's going to be done just like that before you know it. So really, right? Don't take it for it. granted, right? Like when you're there, you know. Like you said, enjoy it. You know, be present to it. Try to record as much as you can. You know, right? That would be my advice to not my younger self, but to anyone out there that's younger and in a band. You know, just try to get memorialized as much as you can so that 20 years from now you have things that you can go back to video and audio and reference and say hey you know this is pretty cool because like you said when you're writing an original album when you're in the midst of doing it and you're touring it and you're you know it's it's a little bit of a grind and you're enjoying it you know but then 20 years later when you look back and you listen to it if you haven't listened to it in a while you know you think like wow that was really you know like we did we did good you know agreed um, my buddy Daly Thomas in South Carolina says not everyone is as dedicated to you as you. And no matter how hard you try, you can't motivate everyone. Not everyone wants it as bad as you. Learn to write songs. Yeah. That's what Daly would have told his younger self, a young Daly Thomas. That's true, right? At the end of the day, if you're in a band and you're just five people and two are super motivated and three aren't, it's going to be a point where there's going to, have to be a conversation or it's, it's going to implode or something's going to happen, right? Because... You're not all on the same page. And though two that are driven are going to be constrained by the ones that aren't. And right. in reality, you're in charge of your own destiny in the music world, right? So you have to, you know, you got to persevere and push forward. And you got to, you know, if you have people holding you back, it's a tough decisions sometimes. But sometimes you got to move on for your own self-preservation and success. Right. Um, we have time for a couple more on Facebook. Um, Ryan Jennings said, only put your heart and soul into projects that you legally own. There's a big difference between hired gun and ownership. Mm -hmm. There is. And, and sure. learning, learning the business, learning the legal part of it is, I think for me, that's something I would have, would tell my younger self. Um, even though I did learn some of it pretty young, I would tell my younger self to learn much more about the legalities of, 
things. Mm -hmm. Not that I've had any real issues with it. I would just want, it's, that's knowledge I would want to have young. Yeah. Well, I remember early on Ron Beanstock, you know, famous attorney to, you know, tons of bands and artists, you know, that was one of the things that he told us early on because I was friends with him. And he said, as soon as you have songs written and recorded, copyright them immediately, you know, file for copyright so that you own them. Right. Right. Um, so, oops, I lost my picture. Um, Randy Atkins said, learn to count to four and remember to leave it in your pants. So <laughs> perhaps he had some problems with uh, sexual promiscuity. Potentially. Uh, Robert Machino, hang out with people that are better than you. Learn every minute. Yep. So that earlier. Uh, Tim, our buddy Tim says, play in a band always. I wish I had been more proactive with that, especially in my teens and 20s. Now at my age, I'm having medical issues and it's taken me a while to come back into it. I took it for granted and I really regret that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, something that I was fortunate to do in you as well, playing in bands a lot yeah and never took it for granted but you always think like i'll just do this forever you know right and like you said there will come a point where you know your your physical limitations may hinder your ability to be at the you know play at the top of your game you know right uh my friend clark here a great bass player a great singer too said i i'd, I'd say to start gigging as much as possible to my young self and stacy said start sooner um, Dean Bibb said, work harder in your picking hand. You do not have to use it so much to so much motion to pick through patterns. Less is truly is more. Yeah. I learned that too. In, in, uh, and I'm sure you have playing drums too. economy of motion, especially playing long. Oh yeah. Gigs. A whole nother podcast. We could talk about that. <laughs> right. Sure. And maybe we'll end it with Fritz Kalin's, um, what he would tell his, his younger self is enjoy the journey, the ups and downs, all a part of the ride. Yeah. And it is, you have to have ups and you can't have down or up without down. Great comments have, tonight, man. That was great. Great combo. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of good answers there, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's a good exercise, I think for, you know, for people to do, to, to reflect and then to really kind of make some, different changes in in the now and see what what you can how you can affect your future because any decisions you make now will affect whatever yeah and you're not bound to that 20 something year old you know younger self you the things that you wish you had done then you can still do now for the most part you know unless you have physical limitations that would prevent you from doing it right but if you have the desire to learn something new you know the mind is an amazing thing where you know we double our knowledge every 10 years so think about that you know everything you know in every 10 years exponentially gets increased by you know twofold so yeah incredible so some of it leaks out too like what, yeah but it has to make, make room for the new out with the old <laughs> in with the new you know stuff that leaks out is like you know you didn't need it in the bucket right um yeah sometimes the bucket is yeah you know the bucket's filled to the top you got to dump a little out to make room you can know? only hold so much that's right all right need a bigger bucket but great stuff man good all you know again great commentary positive stuff all good things um but i would just leave off by saying no regrets man like you said no everybody regrets got, we all got here on the journey we took on the path that we chose you know yeah we are and we're here now so just yes. you know do the best you can to make it better yes um so a good way to make it better is to go sign up on the website yeah. com. you can sign up for a profile for you your band or both it is free and it will always be free it's always being improved there too if you'd like to make a donation it is the season of giving paypal.me slash coverband central it certainly is. is is a place to do it drop that's our tip jar drop a buck or two in there if you'd like we sure do appreciate everything. And any comments, questions can be directed at me. Even if it's for Tony, you can tell me. I'll tell him. Yep. Steve at CoverBandCentral.com. Um, it's the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. Fa la la la. Oh, Stevie. Yes. Um, uh, where's my thing? Oh, everybody have a great year, baby. Yes. Enjoy it. Everybody have a great week. Be safe out there, and we will see you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 